A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I have to say, <laughs> I do not remember the last time the Champions League semifinals gave us such, such, such a treat. Uh, Manchester City and Real Madrid, 7-6 or so, yeah, <laughs> That's insane. That is something. Or oh, six five was it? Yeah, six five. Sorry, my math is not the sharpest at the moment. Still trying to recover. That might be an excuse as well. But whatever. Like the most important thing is that both teams scored a ton of goals, <laughs> seven or six or five or six or whatever, and Real Madrid came out on top. And let's not even forget the Liverpool and Vero clash. Like, that as well was <laughs> was intense. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a very different kind of game. You know, in the first leg, Liverpool dominated proceedings. The Vero was quite, were quite hard to break down, but Liverpool finally got two goals. And yeah, and in the second leg, my goodness me, it was something that Liverpool players, okay, they have experienced, but it was it was some some intense atmosphere. They, and they, were, and they were bottling it. They were, they were playing rubbish. They were rattled. They couldn't string passes together. When you see Thiago Alcantara, the pass master, the ultimate pass master, is placing five-yard passes, then you know indeed Liverpool are in deep soup. There is a real problem here. Uh, and if you are cancelled, they exit. They exit to goal advantage. And everyone in the world of football is going absolutely ballistic. What on earth is this? What on earth is happening? You know, but of course it took a different turn. And that... That is my main focus here. That's what I'm going to really analyze for you in all of this. So, of course, I'm an active Twitter user. I confess, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. And what does that mean? That also means that I get to see a lot of opinions. A lot of opinions I wish I don't see. But yeah, it's what it is. You just see a lot of opinions. Everyone has something to say. And there's something really common in football, which is called hindsight analysis. You know, it's very easy after a game, you analyze results. You know, it's very common. There's something that has really has really gotten on my nerves in all my years of uh, of analysing football uh, on this platform is that you see people who just analyse results. You know, the way a game goes is not always on the coach. You know, the way they say, 
this coach outclassed this coach because this coach won. No, that's not always the case. It, it, like a lot of the times, it's not the case. Like if you ever played football, if you ever played football, you would know that a lot of things are in the hands of the players. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just what it is. You know, it's not the coach that scores goals. It's not the coach that makes mistakes. It's not the coach that doesn't track runs. It's not the coach that doesn't put extra efforts to create offensive opportunities in terms of making those runs. It's not the coach that creates an overlap. These are things that you discuss. But in, mo- in the moment, in real time, in terms of busting your ass out there, in terms of doing certain things, in terms of believing, in terms of keeping your cool, calm, and composure to be able to find your teammate, in terms of almost anything, it is not the coach. And that is it. And yesterday was one of those examples where the man, the man who was taking the most blame for all of this, Joseph Guardiola, the beautiful body, tactical genius, he's the one person who in my opinion, has no fault in all of this. People are talking about taking off KDB and stuff. Nah, come on. Come off it. I really recommended that because if you, if you, if you look at what I was reading, I said KDB is poor. He wasn't having a good game at all. And it takes balls. It takes balls. And if, if anyone ever had any doubts about Guardiola's willingness and 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 how much was really to, ready to, to push an uncomfortable decision or make things seem a certain way, how much he really wanted to win the Champions League, how much he was really interested in going through then is the change of moving his absolute best player by country mile. It's something people have talked about and trying to make it controversial, you know. Why are you taking off De Bruyne? Why are you taking off Marish? No, that's false. In fact, after De Bruyne was pulled out, the substitute who came in for De Bruyne, Ikai Gundogan, he was the center to Manchester City's goal, you know. And Manchester City finally got that away goal. Of course, it doesn't count as, you know, what well, we know the away goal to but yet still you know they were ahead in the tie and now this is late in the second half and then they now go again so that's two nil up two nil up you know what i'm saying so i don't see any problem here you know and gajula got his team you know or gajula's team got him or whatever but the truth is that no matter the team i don't care if it's norwich city i'm not like it's still it's still extremely disappointing professional footballers will always back themselves that if at the 90th minute we have a two-goal lead, we should be able to see this away. You know what I'm saying? I even think a lot of Sunday league teams, actually, if you put them against professional footballers with just a few minutes to go and they are 2 new up, you know, the handicap, okay, 2 new up. I think they should be able to see it out, to be honest, to be very honest with you. You know what I'm saying? There, there wasn't a lot of time to, to be played, you know? And Rodrigo came on and, oh my goodness, the near post run, Edison had no idea where he was. It was just... You know, they imploded, you know, and I can talk about that. The second goal as well. Let's talk about will. Let's talk about power. Let's talk about how much you want it. These are very cliche and archaic things that people love to say in football. But the, the fact that it's true, you could see both goals. Rodrigo wanted to get them more than anyone. And I don't know why Manchester City were feeling leggy. My main criticism comes in different bits. After the first goal, after the second goal. But the main one, the mainest one, the big one comes after the second goal. So you can see the second goal as Manchester City and the world goes absolutely ballistic. The world loses its cool. Wow, Manchester City have bottled it. Everyone, the Santiago Bernabeu is buzzing. Twitter is crazy. But guess what? You have not quite bottled it yet. And that is where mental strength and resilience comes in for players. It's just like the way Real Madrid were two goals down, 98 minutes. And they knew because it wasn't over, they hadn't lost it yet. They hadn't lost yet. That, that is experience. That is mental strength. That is not imploding. We saw Barcelona so many times. Why was Jordi Alba, for example, crying at Anfield 
uh, when they were just one nil down. Why were they crying? Why are they lost their shit at halftime? They won three nil in the first leg. It's exactly the same thing. But once you have this mentality, then you're hundred percent digging your grave. You've hundred percent shown the opposition. The opposition can see you're rattled, and they've seen like you've lost. Forget about it. If I score one goal and I need two more goals to win and you're already rattled, then I've won. I'm going to get those two goals for sure because footballers smell blood. The atmosphere smells blood and they just keep coming, coming from you like a dog who is hungry. You're like a bone. You're like that big fat meat. Yes, meat. And the dog is just coming, 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 coming for you. That's just what it is, you know. They smell blood when you're rattled. So for Manchester City, you can see the first goal. Cool, like cool. You still won't go up, right? Cool, cool. Keep your cool. Like, keep your cool. Pass the ball around confidently. Play like Manchester City. Try to. You just have a few minutes to go. Few seconds, right? But the Benabili is buzzing. And Rodrigo gets another. Boom. And I understand. This, my criticism is not so much here because I, you know why? There's no break. A lot of the times when you've smelt blood... And the atmosphere is going. The players are going. They have that extra adrenaline. You just need stops. You need stops. You need breaks. You need pauses. That's why it's important for, like, for example, players who win fouls and stuff like that. You know, just kill the game. Try to kill the momentum. Or possibly a break, like an actual break, like halftime or something. And, of course, Manchester City couldn't get, back, get that. They were still, like, you know, they were, they, they were, they were rattled, as we, as we can clearly see. And in next to no time, Rodrigo got another. And it's 2 all. <laughs> Now listen carefully. This is this is where this is where for me this is where the main criticism is here for Manchester City. Two all. Okay, it is not ideal at this point. Remember, the world was mad. Like I was just like I couldn't talk. I was just like, what the f? What the hell? What has just? I was just tweeting random things like that. Now I didn't even know what to say. I didn't want to believe. Like I remember watching the first game. I'm like, oh, I reckon this is a little too late. You know what I'm saying? Just then go another, and they got it. But cool, whatever. The disappointment here is that Manchester City could still have won it. You know what I'm saying? It is 0-0 with 30 minutes to play. A chance to play in the Champions League final. A chance to get your first ever Champions League as a club, as a franchise. Where is this mental weakness coming from? It is not ideal, I agree. Giving away a two-goal lead and it's in your head. Oh my goodness, shit is happening. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. No, you're not going to lose. You've given away your lead. Okay, but you have 30 good minutes 30 good minutes to play and try to win the game of football. And that is where I was immensely disappointed. In. This is not on Pep. This is on the players. This is not on Pep. This is this, this they, they played with extreme mental weakness. And I will tell you why. Because once extra time started, <laughs> fine, they've had a few openings here and there, but generally they look defeated. I don't know anyone in the world who felt like Manchester City could go on and score. It looked like game over. Everyone was already celebrating Real Madrid's comeback. Whereas it was the comeback. It hadn't been completed. Fantastic effort by Real Madrid putting it, pushing it into extra time, okay? But the truth remains that if Manchester City scored there, oh, well and good, very cute, Real Madrid, oh my goodness, you should, extreme spirit, blah, blah, blah. Everyone has to stand up club for Real Madrid, wow, because they gave us some real, 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 real games this Champions League season. But congratulations to Manchester City on going to the final. That's what, that's what it would have been if Manchester City got a goal. You just needed to score. The day before, we saw Liverpool versus Villarreal. In the first half, they were absolutely rattled. As I, as I talked earlier on the episode, they were absolutely rattled. You know, but the second half, what happened? You realise you have 45 minutes to score and win this game. Manchester City had 30 minutes to score and win the game. 
But they just didn't, they didn't believe. They didn't believe. And you could see that in their body language. You could see that in their attitude. They clearly didn't believe. They didn't play like a team that wanted it. We've seen Manchester City when they want a result. We've seen Manchester City go at it. This is, a, this is about the best team in world football, you can say. Or not to get too deep into it. Arguably the best team in world football and has been for the past, I don't know, three, four years or whatever. They just didn't want it. In their heads they did. But it's just not going to come to you. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not going to think in my head, oh, can Rihanna marry me? And then she comes and all of it. No, this, this is, this, as you can, you can see how silly this sounds because it doesn't happen that way. For you to, for you to get it, you have to want it and you have to do something about it. And the only team that we're doing something about getting to that final, Real Madrid. It's that simple. You know, so this, I had to start the episode with my major criticism. And I'm very happy I've been able to get it out there. Like this, this, honestly, was the problem with Manchester City yesterday, you know. And talking about from a tactical perspective and stuff like that, I thought Real Madrid did very well. They did quite well. In fact, they they did better than than they had done, in my opinion, all of the knockout phases, you know. They were really, really, really good in the game, in my opinion. Of course, Manchester City had chances, you know. Football game is a game of moment, you know. We saw Jack Grealish, uh, what happened there. He, he, He almost got like two goals in like... The first three or so minutes uh, uh, of his introduction, you know, that's another crazy thing there that happened. That could have happened. We saw the Mendy, the Fala Mendy uh, goal line clearance. You know, football moments here and there. But generally, Real Madrid created a lot of openings, a lot of chances, more so than usually, in my opinion. And they were not clinical on the night. You know, before their goals, Real Madrid hadn't registered a shot on target, and that's extremely surprising. I mean, I mean, it's a stat that if you see, you're like, wow, Manchester City, wow, total dominance or something, because that's what no shots on target means most time. But Actually, they didn't have a shot on target where they had free headers. They had they had an uncontested volley tapping at the back post for Vinicius, and of course the free header back from Benzema. So they were just not they were just not at their clinical best. And you know, for Real Madrid, it's what we've known them to do. You know, they've scored goals from absolutely nothing, not hundred percent nothing, but but half chances, things like they've just been really clinical, converting at an unrealistic level. You know. So that's just it, you know. But yesterday they didn't show that. They didn't show that, and I just felt like if what's been taken Real Madrid through all this while, if what's been working for them, which is knowing that, not knowing, but just being very business minded, you know, you trust your quality, and your chance comes, you take it, you take it, and uh, yeah, I mean the other team, like I mean, come on, we watched the first the first leg, Manchester City could have gotten just to be a bit realistic, at least six goals, you know what I'm saying, like, they, they missed some really clear chances, <laughs> here you're meant to pass, you shoot, here you're meant to shoot, you pass, they hit the pause, they did that, 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 they could have easily gotten six, like, very easily, and I'm still factoring some misses when I'm saying this six, I'm being generous to Real Madrid, you know what I'm saying, so that's it, but Real Madrid came out uh, yesterday, and they were really good, they were quite good, honestly, they were quite good, they passed the ball around, Fede Valverde, Fede Valverde, what a footballer this guy is, I cannot overemphasize the effort he puts in offensively and defensively, those runs, what he does to other teams. And he's very decent on the, on the ball as well. You know what I'm saying? He's just so good. Come on, finger coming on uh, to play deep in midfield, to play deepest in midfield. And still doing a job like that on the absolute biggest stage. Shout out to Ligon boys, to straight out of Ligon, boss in the Champions League semifinals. In the clutch moments, you know, these are very Danny Ceballos as well coming on for Karim Benzema, you know, and it's not like oh we've lost our striker, oh we're shitting in our pants, we're scared or something like that, nothing like that, you know, or how we're going to get more goals or how we no. 
everyone who came on played their game and honestly 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 from Real Madrid's perspective it's just about the most impressive performance of the season in my opinion all things considered from the way they approached the game from the way they they, they, they pegged Manchester City back for large spells and the way they threatened Manchester City even in, in, in like in normal time you know to getting the goals in the most dramatic of fashions you probably ever see like this is this is about the craziest stuff I've seen since La Decima possibly honestly you know and uh, then going on to win it you know the penalty burns, of course, he had to be him, that man. He sealed it. He sealed it. And now they're in the final. They're going to party. <sighs> I can't lie to you guys. Like, taking to the mic and talking about this game was difficult. Because it's just like, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to digest everything that happened, you know. Was, <laughs> like, I think, okay, I certainly needed to sleep, you know, because... Usually, yeah, it's just like, I just come and I just put on my stuff and start talking about football, you know. But I, I had to give myself time. I had to give myself to sleep, to gather my thoughts because it was just more like the shock. I didn't feel, I didn't see, I saw my team in the final. And I'm sure they too saw themselves in the final. Now, to the second game, of course. Uh, the all Liverpool fans, I know you played first, but you, <laughs> this game had to come second in the podcast. It definitely did have to come second on the podcast. We saw what happened there. In Spain, Liverpool looked fatuled. They came back. They won quite comfortably. Uh, Ruli, of course, got the headline because of his atrocious, his absolutely atrocious goalkeeping performance in that tie. I cannot lie. <laughs> he was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And a lot of people blame Unai Emery for, for example, sitting back or, you know, not being as, as uh, not, not, not playing with as much intensity as the first half, seen as, what the intensity did to Liverpool, you know. But the truth is that it's not that simple. So so traditionally, you look at this Liverpool side and they really excel more against sides who are willing to press them high, who are willing to come out and play, who are willing to try and score. But we see Liverpool struggle most times or many times against teams who don't leave any space in behind. And it's not even about the space in behind, but it's the way you play, you know, when your box is so packed and you're sitting really deep. And you give Liverpool the, 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 the space between the lines here. Yeah? So you have the likes of Trent, Thiago, and Robertson in this area trying to do things. But a lot of the times it takes a lot from Liverpool. And these wins are always hard wins, you know, as compared to teams who don't have as much quality but want to go toe-to-toe. Then in this case, Liverpool can easily blow you out because you just have Moussa, you know, Sadio Mane, these guys. And there's just, there's just enough room for them to cause havoc. Uh so, but we have already done the first half, you know, and they got their two goals. It worked for them. Liverpool were so poor. So it's a bit of it's a bit of here and there, you know what I'm saying? It's a bit of here and there. So the reason why Liverpool were so poor wasn't just because Villarreal um, were were intentional, you know, where we were really intense and on the front foot. No, that's not why. The truth is that a lot of the times you could you could possibly have seen Liverpool in this in this situation, but but teams are not brave enough and they possibly let them grow back into the game. You understand? Uh, but Villarreal didn't do that, do that. So at the right moment, actually, Villarreal did the right things in that first half because Liverpool were rattled. They could not string passes together. They weren't playing well at all. And Villarreal was not probably like, okay, we're going to play on the front foot. That is the plan. We're going to be on the front foot. And then you get, you know, it's, it's a combination of being on the front foot, being in Liverpool's half, trying to impose yourself. And Liverpool just playing rubbish, not being able to complete the pass, not tracking runs, just not doing anything right at all. We're doing nothing, absolutely nothing. If you look at everything you need to do on a football pitch, not one thing Liverpool were doing right, you know. Yeah, so that's it. You know, and they got their goals. But in the second half, uh, you can't really criticize Emery because first things first, you don't, you do not expect Liverpool to, to be as poor as they were in the first half. No, you, you, you certainly know that at some point in the game, Liverpool will wake up and Liverpool will play like the Liverpool we know them to be. 
So it's kind of like, you know, and Emery knows that as well. He knows that as well. And that is why he decided to be a bit more conservative in the second half. Now you can criticize this, but the truth is that given the people's history, given what they excel at, there's a good chance that if Villarreal continued playing on the front foot expansive football and Liverpool played the way they played in the second half, which is you start playing with them, Liverpool, the, the result will probably still have been the same. It would, honestly. And then you hear people now saying, but why didn't Emery just, why didn't just like sit back and defend his lead? Especially given that Liverpool could only score one goal in one half at Anfield and it was even like sorry not even they could even score in one half sorry they didn't, they didn't score their first goal uh, in the first half they, they, so, they, so they went goalless at Anfield at home you know we saw how difficult it was of course we had all the ball and everything but honestly they defended us quite well you know so so so, so based off that why shouldn't Emery try to defend again and make it difficult for Liverpool and for Schroeder and try to go into extra time and then just go for it again like you did in the in the first half and of course with the backing of your fans and the atmosphere and then we can possibly see something here you can get something here and there so actually decided to take your foot off the gas wasn't stupid because honestly speaking i know this for a fact that if they played like that if liverpool's if they played expansive when, that's what i mean that's what i mean by baitha if they played expansive offensive football in the second half and uh, liverpool got themselves back it probably still have been the same honestly i can't lie <laughs> like like that would have been lovely for liverpool because they will pick them out they will pick them out and they will score goals they would have so it's just the case of honestly the better time the better team sorry woke up and did the job and now we have a real madrid versus liverpool final i am very 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 sorry that i would not be making my prediction now i certainly won't but 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 you should expect it it is certainly coming you know before the champions league final i do not shy i do not shy you know my record you know my record it's all gucci i do not shy i come on here you see my face i say what i think and then it goes ahead to happen. I think I got I, I got the team I wanted, honestly. But it is still equally as difficult in a different way. But winning, actually winning and getting that result, honestly speaking, is is as difficult, even if not more difficult. I can't lie. <laughs> so big challenge for Liverpool. Real Madrid, of course, have concluded their domestic season. It's all it's it's what's in the back. They've won the Liga. Uh, they, they they went out of the cup earlier. Of course, so like everything is done now and all eyes on the Champions League. So I would say in the Champions League final, maybe you can say Real Madrid will have the advantage in terms of freshness because Liverpool still have another final to play, the FA Cup final. And every game in the Premier League, of course, the, the remaining four games are finals as well. They need to win everything to try and win the Premier League and complete the historic quadruple. I'm just thinking, what would I do if Liverpool win the quadruple? What would I do? Like, I need to do something. You know, I need to do something for my... I need to do something like, you know, I did this when Liverpool won the quadruple. Something that will stay with me for the rest of my life, you know. Maybe get something or something like that. Anyway, whatever. You know, <laughs> you can suggest in the comment section. And let me know what you think. Do you agree with what I said? Do you agree with all I said? I need to know if you agree with all I said. You know, Pep Guardiola zero blame. That's the summary of this. Pep Guardiola zero blame. I blame the players for imploding. Imploding, sorry. I blame them for, for imploding. Uh, I blame them for not realizing and living in the moment. Not realizing that. <sighs> Deep breath. Let us go again. If you score now, we can still go through. You know, it's 0-0. And with 30 minutes to play, that's a bit. That's a lot of time in football, you know? Yeah. So tell me what you think. And please do not forget to like, share, and subscribe to the absolute best football podcast you know. Also the best I know as well. And yes, the best we all know. Uh, yeah. Your ratings, honest ratings. For those who listen on Apple Podcasts, I really do need honest ratings please 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 you can't just listen to me and be like this thing is fire and then not tell the public you know 
that's unfair that's you being stingy selfish you know just keeping everything to yourself you need to you need to put it out there so that so that other people know okay this thing's fire let me let me give it a listen thank you very much have a very very lovely day bye mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.